Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I am Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch. Brought to you by Punchbowl News. It is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, House Republicans are making big changes when it comes to ethics. Number two, the GOP's new attack on President Joe Biden. And number three, the latest on the debt limit. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are leading Punchbowl News AM this morning with a an item by our very own John Bresnahan. I've heard of is- him. <laughs> who is uh, really an expert, probably has covered more ethics, uh, you know, congressional ethics, the ethics committee uh, issues over, you know, decades in Washington. He has a look at how House Republicans and the recently approved rules package, uh, which was approved, of course, on a party line vote, essentially puts the OCE, the independent ethics watchdog on hold at least until House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries can name new Democratic board members. Um, it's a little tricky and a little confusing based on what, you know what what exactly trying to suss out the rules are saying, but but definitely putting uh, OCE on ice. Yeah. So two things are happening here, which I think are worth considering. Number one. OC, the Republicans are messing with OCE. Um, they are um, trying to, they're trying to, uh, let's say, uh, weaken OCE. Remember, OCE, anybody is allowed to, um, anybody is allowed to submit an OCE complaint. So it's turned into a a way to get a headline, basically, in in the in the eyes of OCE critics. Now, ethics has traditionally been something that has subpoena power. OCE does not. And only members could submit a uh, a complaint or OCE could kick a complaint to ethics. So um, now what Republicans are, are basically doing is trying to put OCE, as you said, on ice and allow anybody to submit an ethics complaint. This, uh, you know... It, it's it's not as clean and simple as Republicans are trying to gut OCE, uh, although they are in some respect. But ethics also is a black box in the sense that ethics does not have to make anything public unless it starts an investigation. So there's just they are, you know, it's going to be the, the, the main takeaway here is it's going to be a new climate for ethics investigations on Capitol Hill. And remember. Ethics is a um, ethics. Number one takes a very long time. Um, it, it could last months. It could last a year. It could last a very long time. And uh, you know, just broadly speaking, it is difficult to get things through ethics because it's evenly divided between Republicans and Democrats. The, the majority doesn't have a um, uh, in a. a, a number advantage on ethics so it'll be a new climate as we as i said before a new climate for ethics complaints on capitol hill which is uh as we say anna you know the it's difficult when members police themselves and this is just another example of that 
All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, we've got some news. Our very own Max Cohen on the investigations and oversight beat is breaking uh, some news here that House Oversight and Accountability Ability Chairman, wow, that's a mouthful, James Cooper, the Republican from Kentucky, is training his fire on the Penn-Biden Center seeking a wide range of information about who had access to the think tank's D.C. office as well as the center's sources of funding. A new attack line here for Comer, who is pledged to be very aggressive in investigating Biden and his family ties. Um, you know, just a, a, a pretty big example here of how this uh, most recent document uh, and, and handling of the classified documents is really putting Republicans in a position to uh, ask for a lot of information. Yeah, so... I just made this point on uh, way too early with John Jonathan Lemire, so I'll make it again here because I think it's actually important. One thing Republicans are going to run into is that nobody is going to say anything about um, about anything that's under investigation by the feds. <laughs> so it's going to be very difficult for Republicans to get information from the, the White House and from anybody who is a part of the investigation now that there is an investigation into the documents by a special counsel at the department at the Department of Justice. But that doesn't mean they're going to stop sending letters. Um, this is a very big um, this is a uh, the Penn Biden Center, as we all know, had some documents that were um, uh, uh allegedly classified that the that Biden's lawyers found. So what James Comer, the chair of the oversight committee is doing here is they are he is trying to uh get all sorts of information from Penn about donors who had access to the documents, who had key cards. This is a very broad uh, request that I have to imagine um Penn is going to have to look at seriously and respond in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but the politics here are uh, uh, are interesting, and this is a uh, just one kind of turn of the screw of the investigation, Anna. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at this, I mean, his investigation is just one of a number of House Republican inquiries uh, into Biden's document handling. There's going to be other efforts, including that from Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner, uh, of course, due to Attorney General Merrick Garland's decision to appoint a special counsel to look into the matter. Many of these requests for information about the documents scandal are likely to be turned down while the DOJ probe unfolds. Uh, but that is not going to slow them down from the letter writing campaign and the investigations and, and trying to put the pressure on organizations like the Penn Biden Center to answer in some way, shape or form. Um, going to be this is really, I, I think, going to be something that we are going to be hearing about for the next weeks and, and potentially months to come. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Let's go on to the number three story of the morning, Jake. The debt limit dance. Welcome to the next six months of your life. I feel like we need some some new mood music to come into this here. But uh, 
Clearly, uh, one of the defining political fights of 2023 is going to be the battle over raising the debt limit. Speaker Kevin McCarthy wants to negotiate over raising the borrowing cap in return for spending cuts, including entitlement programs. Of course, the White House and Hill Democrats are refusing to talk until the cap is raised. If anyone tells you they're confident, I was saying this last night, if anyone tells you they're confident about how this ends up, they are lying. It is yeah, I have be no idea how it ends up. Um, McCarthy or the White House has to blink. There's like no other... There's no other way. They're taking different views at this point, which is number one. Um, the White House is saying they won't negotiate. Kevin McCarthy saying he won't do anything without negotiating uh, over the debt limit. I want to bring up one, two different points here. Number one, the just the daily drumbeat from sh- from Democrats uh, uh, rapping on Republicans for their position is fascinating. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just it's fascinating to see how. Um, how early they are setting up the message that Republicans are being um, uh, irresponsible here. That's number one. Number two, uh, one of the debt ceiling watchers that we watch is Wrightson, which is a Wall Street analyst that tracks the debt limit very closely. What they say here is that the X date, the date where the debt ceiling actually hits, is could be into... Uh, even into July, uh, they say if Treasury is able to stay in business without a fix until June 15th, it won't face a deadline until mid-July at the earliest. A lot of this has to do with tax with tax receipts, uh, how much money is coming into the government, how much money the government spends. So it's not as simple as we're going to run out of money by June. It all depends on the outflows and inflows from Treasury. So uh, that is the, you know, the there's a political element to this, too. I mean, how, when people say uh, when the government says it needs the debt ceiling done by is also a political, a political, you know, uh, uh, maneuver. I wouldn't be surprised, quite frankly, to see um, to see the White House or the White House and House Republicans begin to engage on some level pretty soon. Although I just don't believe that um, uh, it's going to be a. Uh, I, I don't think this is going to get resolved before much before the deadline, Anna. I just don't. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if Congress and, and it teaches us anything, right, is they don't ever deal with something until they absolutely have to, particularly when it is a thorny issue like the debt limit. And when you're set, when both sides are kind of setting up these very, you know, entrenched positions, uh, you know, kind of finding a way forward. I agree with you. You know, there's going to be a dance here that we're going to be all covering and watching for the next several months, but. Until we have a real sense of when it actually has to happen, there's not a lot of pressure points um, for either side or, or really kind of, you know, positive reasoning to necessarily start negotiations before they have to. But going to be um, very, very interesting and something that we are watching every twist and turn. So stick stick with us for that. It has real, real impact um, by a lot of for, for a lot of folks. Just want to note, Jake, uh, that last night we had uh, our first event at the U.S. Mayor's Conference. Uh, it was a, r- a really good showing uh, with Durham, North Carolina Mayor Elaine O'Neill, talking a lot about kind of what are the issues facing communities there in North Carolina, how lawmakers at the local level are trying to 
you know, kind of find pathways forward, very different than uh, the the kind of politics that we deal with oftentimes uh, at the federal level. We have a whole write-up, our very own Brendan Peterson, in this morning's uh, newsletter with clips. Uh, that was a great uh, event and really appreciate the media partnership that we are doing with the U.S. mayors as part of their three-day conference here in Washington. And with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please sign up for our our morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.